Hello, everybody. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that later this week, we're releasing an episode from the Stitcher Premium Bonus Series that we do once a year, beautiful follow-ups. It's coming to you free in this feed. It's the show where we follow up and check in with some of the show's most memorable callers. You're going to hear the follow-up to Prison Bound, number 121, episode 121, 15 months into our caller's prison stint. It's an enlightening conversation. I hope you learned something from it. I know I did. So look for that in your feed. Hello to all my Gatorland fans. It's beautiful, Anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Hi, everybody. Chris Gathard welcoming you to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. So excited. Just got off the phone with today's caller, and uh, I'm excited for you to hear it. it. It's a cool one. Before I get into that, I want to say thank you to everybody who's been buying your passes for Beautiful Cononymous. Um, everyone organizing it has been amazed at how many people are are buying the full festival passes. And I'm telling people, I'm like, well, there's, I've heard from people who are flying from Portugal to come to the show. I heard from someone coming from Australia. They're going to get a full pass. This is, this is a, a crazy thing we're doing. And the reason I bring it up again is specifically Tim from Culture Clash Records, the guy who bought a record store after calling the show, he's building a cool thing. He, as we all know, very smart, hip, music-driven guy. He's doing a thing where you can order music from his store and he'll bring it to the con and you can pick it up there, which I think is such a cool idea. So it's a great way to get some cool stuff in your life and and also support a past caller. Anyway... This this call has a crazy reveal two-thirds of the way through. It talks so much. It's kind of just a nice classic call. Caller's a Lyft driver. Caller, you will see who she's in a car with currently, and that's quite charming. We talk about philosophy and, and tapping into the hippie side of life when you're in your 30s and all sorts of cool things that that I'm sitting here right now having just hung up the phone feeling like, man, this call just makes me remember why you get out of bed and you work so hard and you, and you, and you just try to accomplish things and, and, and how to keep a head on your shoulders. And, uh, it's really cool. And then you're going to hear again, uh, two thirds of the way about, she reveals something that anybody who is at our live show in Woodstock a few months back, your jaw is going to drop. So, I loved it. I hope you love it too, caller. Thanks for your positivity and your philosophy. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello. This the same Chris Gethard. Less famous than a couple years ago, but uh, still famous enough that occasionally <laughs> You're people... so modest. Oh, no. It's low self-esteem. It's not modesty. <laughs> I know. I know. I hear you all the time. It's so funny, but I just... I see it as modesty. We definitely, I think all of your listeners, all of your friends, we definitely think you're a lot cooler than you do. <laughs> eh, that's super nice. Um, and it really does mean a lot. But I don't feel cool. That's I feel good. like I'm... I know. That's all right. Stumbling through my day to day existence and somehow not totally falling down. Yeah, I think that's most of us. It's pretty normal. That's the human condition, right? Exactly. Exactly. How are you doing? It's so great to hear your voice. Likewise. I'm doing all right. I'm I'm having a pretty chill day. I'm a Lyft driver, but I I took the day off to help a friend out. So, um, I'm just riding around with him, letting him drive around. Yeah, you got to let somebody else drive, so that's right? Nice. If you're a driver, you yeah. got the day off. I'm shocked you would go back into a car. <laughs> I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Where yeah. we live, we need the we need to get in the car to get where we're going, so But wait, are you you said you're just driving around with your friend? 
Well, he's running errands. We, he's got his car in the shop, so he's doing a bunch of different things. I'm literally just riding shotgun, letting him take me wherever he needs to go. <laughs> God bless. Yeah. You know, my car is my car is my money maker, so I'm not 100% comfortable with just letting him like take it, you got know. It. I definitely wanted to be here. You're making okay. Ride. <laughs> You're keeping an eye on things cuz I was going to say this is like going into the office on your day off just to hang out with your coworkers. Right. No way. <laughs> You're keeping an yeah, eye on the yeah. on the uh, money maker. I get it now. Exactly. It gives me a little more sense of uh, peace. I would be a lot more anxious, I think, if I was sitting at home thinking about... <laughs> thinking about what? You cut out a little bit. Oh, sorry. Thinking about what he's doing with my car. You know, if I was home, I'd just be more anxious about it. Now, is he sitting next to you hearing you say how nervous he makes you? Yeah, he is. He's smiling. He knows. He knows he's... Uh, <laughs> He's a wild guy. He's actually my my ex. This is like the love of my life right here. We're just not compatible, so <laughs> we decided to be friends. No, wait. Are Something you like that? Are you talking to me through your phone, or is this like on your car system where he can hear my side of things too? Oh no, I actually put the headset on just to be courteous Good. to him. I, I mean, he said he doesn't mind, but I was like, let me just put the headset on, you know. So he's the love of your life. Yeah, I, I love him a lot. And you'll say that right next I really to him. Do. Oh, of course, he knows how I feel. Now, why aren't you Definitely two together knows. then? Letting him borrow your car to oh, run errands. Man. Now it makes sense no, why you're hanging out in that car on your day off. <laughs> no, I think uh, like we were just speaking a minute ago. You know, we all have our uh, our insecurities, and uh, I've got mine, and he's got his, and uh, sometimes it's just not a good mix. You know, so. I still keep him around, though. I'm happy he's still in my life, that's for sure. Do you think there's any chance that as you both grow older and mature and some of those insecurities start to uh, die down, that maybe the love will rekindle? Because that's what happened to me. I didn't find love until a lot of the insecurities sort of uh, stopped being so prominent in my mind. Really? Because I thought you met like your wife and that was that. Well... I don't know. I guess I don't know that story too well. I mean... I didn't get married until I was uh, 34, though. So it was very yeah. quick. Uh, my wife and I only dated nine months before we got engaged, and it was like a beautiful, overwhelming whirlwind romance. That being said, there were 34 years of uh, prior experience <laughs> where I felt completely yeah. confused and at times uh, uh, unappreciated and putting up with it because I didn't like myself and dating around yeah. to see what would stick and just uh, all the head spinning stuff. And then I went and got my head together, met my wife, and it worked out. So what do you think? Let's answer the question. Let's not make it about me. That was an artful dodge. You think you're going to get older and maybe you and this guy, you think you and this guy will ever rekindle this flame or are those days done? I don't know. I would definitely love to see that happen, right? Wouldn't that be a great story to tell? But uh, I don't know. I don't. I try not to think about it too much, honestly. Try to just live in the moment, accept what I've got, be grateful. That's a good perspective. Uh, oh, yeah, there you are. I thought I lost you for a second. You were quiet. <laughs> no, I was just contemplating what you said. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I have been uh, doing a lot of meditation lately. I've made some new friends that are into some really interesting things about, you know, manifestation and attracting abundance into your life. And it's really helping me. To, uh, to stay focused on just being grateful and not, you know, setting unrealistic expectations and setting myself up for disappointment and self-sabotaging, right? I'm trying to leave all that behind. Love it. So you're hanging out with hippies now and it's helping to... Uh... I really am. Like, hippies is the word. Like, this girl took me to a drum circle and that was like, I couldn't believe it. We were dancing around a fire uh, in a circle of drummers. That was so cool. And... Uh, then she took me to a, a concert where we did um, something called Kirtan, I guess is what it's called. Like the guy sang songs and he does these chants throughout the song. And then as the audience, you chant with him. Like you, we all start singing together. It was so hippie. But you know what? I really enjoyed it. It was really great. It felt so good. Now that sounds like the ayahuasca thing that we heard about. 
right? Actually, this is a woman who has done that before. This is uh, she only did it once. She's a very enlightened person, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, that was something that I asked her. Right? I thought this is a kind of cliche, but I'm thinking maybe you've uh, had some experience with ayahuasca and. She was like, oh, yeah, I've done that. <laughs> so it wasn't too surprising. Wow. So you drive around in a lift all day. You got the love of your life. But I there's do. a chasm there, and you're mm-hmm. going on some spiritual journeys to figure out who you are. Yeah, like you said, maybe the maybe that's what it's going to take, you know? You never know. So I'm, I'm just doing my part, you know, trying to just focus on the things that are good for me and do my part to grow. See where it takes me, whether mm-hmm. it's with him or somebody else. I don't really mind. I'm here for the journey. I once took a lift home, and uh, the driver was quite nice. And she and I were chatting the whole time. Yeah, I'm the best lift driver. I'm the best lift driver ever. I, I, I promise. Wa- you. I want to talk about that. <laughs> I want to talk about that and what it what makes you that. But I will tell you that she and I were chatting because I'm pretty shy in real life, but I, when a Lyft driver wants to talk, I'm always down. I'm always down. It's one of the things I like about a rideshare service. And at the very end, as we pulled onto my block, she turned around, handed me her business card and said, hey, um, you seem like a person who'd be really well served um, by ayahuasca. I'm, I'm uh, involved with a shaman in uh, the Hudson Valley, and if you'd ever like to come up to the Catskills and do ayahuasca, we'd love to have you. And I said, wow. uh, I said, uh, you know, I very politely said, well, thank you for the card, and I'll be in touch if that ever is something I'm interested in. And went home, put the card on my desk, and uh, promptly remembered that I've always been terrified of hallucinogens uh, with my particular right brain chemistry and yes, whatnot and whatnot. No, I. I definitely think everybody's journey is unique, and it's not for everybody, definitely. Yeah. Now, what makes you the best Lyft driver ever? You got mints in the back? What makes me? No, I'm not one of those, but I do keep the car clean. I keep it smelling really good. I use essential oils, more hippie stuff, right? And uh, and I just I have really good conversation. I, I love chatting with people. So if, if the rider wants to talk, um, I'm really great at, at facilitating a, a connection quickly and, and just making it a really great experience for them. I mean, I've had some really great conversations and, um, you know, I dare say influence people, you know, and, mm. and that's awesome. It's such a good feeling when you can just connect with strangers to that extent. It's really great. Any examples uh, jump out that you're very proud of? Well, uh, so a couple weeks ago, I had a young lady in the car in her early twenties. And, um, she was very shy, but she went ahead and sat in the front. I have a strange car and people don't always know how to get in the back seat. I think that's what prompted her to sit in the front, but I think it was meant to be right. So once she sat in the front, we kind of just started chit chatting and, you know, the usual small talk at first, Oh, what do you do? And where are we headed? And, uh, she was going to an interview and she was telling me that she's like a caregiver, but she's, um, she's very young and she's wanting to try other things and, you know, try to get a schedule that's a little more set, right? Caregiving is a very intense role that requires a lot of dedication and often, uh, you know, overtime, really. If somebody doesn't show up for a shift or, you know, if they need additional assistance a particular week, right, that's something that uh, she was kind of explaining. They'll call her all the time. And so she kind of felt a little bit like a slave to the job is, is what it sounded like. So. She was uh, going for an interview just at a grocery store, you know, just uh, something simple. But I was really excited for her. I'm like, you know, good for you for trying something new. And anyways, the conversation, like, developed to the point where we were talking about, you know, feminism and what it's like to be a woman and um, just relationships with her mom. And I have a daughter myself, and I was sharing with her about the types of conversations I have with her and how we get through difficult conversations about, you know, sexuality and relationships. And man, it just, it took a turn and, uh, and it was really great. I, I think uh, she left the car feeling really good for that interview. And, um, and like I said, we just, we really connected on some, some genuine real life things and it was pretty awesome. Now, do you ever contemplate saying, Hey, you and I seem like we could be friends if you ever want to hang out or is that against the code? Okay, so I have a story about that, too. <laughs> so um, I once had a gentleman in the car, and I liked him, right? Like, I had, like, a crush on this guy. We were just chatting, and I was like, man, this guy is so cool. 
Um, and I remember in that moment contemplating exactly what you're talking about, right? Like, how do I make this a personal interaction when it's so clearly a professional setting, you know, like I'm taking this guy home too, right? That's very like, I don't want to make him uncomfortable, right? Like I definitely want to do a good job. And let's reiterate, um, you are, so, you are currently sitting next to the love of your life as you tell this story. Oh yeah, it's okay. He, he has other girlfriends too. It's okay. We're not together. We're not I together, know. I I'm do just, love him and he knows that. <laughs> I just want to underline it. So proceed. Yes, so, yes. You, He's here. You, you, got the, you got this hot, enticing guy in the car. You're starting to think, hey, we're going to, I could park the car in the driveway. I like him. Yes. I'm like, I want to see you again. Right. Um, and so I get to his house and I, at that moment, like I just, I decide, you know what? I got to, I got to be professional. Right. I like to do a good job and I choose to just let him get out, you know, really great meeting you, you know, and, and just, again, be grateful, right? No expectations. Just so glad I had a good conversation and I met a great person. I'm going to move on with my life, right? Um, afterwards, I went home and I completely regretted it. I was like, man, I really liked him. I should have given him my number, you know, right? I'm thinking about it. I'm like, that wasn't the right move. I should have just taken a chance. Um, and so the story develops, right? So on a totally different day in a totally different place, I meet him again. I pick up him and his daughter from a Walmart. They're doing like some grocery shopping, um, except I don't realize until the end of the ride that like, this is the same guy. Like, again, we're chatting and we're hitting it off. It's daytime now. He, he's dressed differently, right? The first time I saw him, he was like in work attire and now he looks different. And, you know, I'm like, man, this guy's so cool. <laughs> and I'm just like, how can this be happening? Like, where are all these awesome people coming from? Anyways, I end up dropping him off at his house and I'm telling him, hey, man, I think I've been here before. You know, I think I, I dropped off this other guy and he was a really great guy. And, and I said his name. I said, I think his name was such and such. And uh, he was like, oh, well, that's, that's my name. And I look at him and I'm like, mm, okay, well, maybe that wasn't him, right? Because we're not remembering each other in this moment. Like, I'm like, it's not you. Anyways, I pull out of his neighborhood and I just have like a, a, a moment where I make a turn and it's like, bam, it flushes back. And I'm like, I have been here. That was his house. Like, this is the same guy. Um, and I'm like, dang it, you know, how, how crazy that the universe set this in front of me again. And once again, I just completely messed it up, right? Like, I dropped the ball, didn't say anything, totally should have. And, um, and that was that, you know. And again, I had to accept it, move on. So then last night, you're not going to believe it, but last night I met this guy again and I picked him up right by his job at the first place that I had ever met him. And he recognized me this time and I recognized him and I was like, I'm going to go for it this time. So I drive him home. We're having a great conversation again, of course. And we get to, uh, it wasn't his house this time. It was somewhere else. I was dropping him off and I turn around and I said, look, I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but I really think you're great, and I would love for you to have my phone number. And uh, and he was totally with it. I mean, we exchanged numbers, and, you know, he gave me a little hug, and I'm like, this is great. I'm going to see this guy again. So uh, I finally made it happen. <laughs> Good on you. Finally made it happen. Look, feels like it's meant to be. It looks A like little it. bit, yeah. I said, come on, man. Three times I drive. I've done over 300 rides so far doing this lift job, and I've not seen a single person more than once except for him. So... I thought that was a, that was a sign, you know? You got to act on stuff like that. You, you got to just go for it. So now, I finally did. Now, when you get married to this guy someday, that's an incredibly cute story to be told at the ceremony. <laughs> that would be a good story, definitely. <laughs> as the love of your life who's sitting next to you stands as your best man. <laughs> right. <laughs> He'll be my best man, right? You're going to be my best man? <laughs> He's laughing. <laughs> oh, man. He's hoping the cameraman. Oh man, <laughs> take horrible pictures. Wow. <laughs> now, I, I like that that story was so wholesome. I feel like it was so wholesome because I feel like there is. Um, I feel like there is. I've I've caught wind of of. I think there are people who. Ha I think that Lyft driver fantasies are a thing lately. I think there is a a genre of eroticism yeah. that surrounds that. Are you aware of this? I mean, I'm not aware of it, but I can totally see why. I definitely get that. Um, it's almost like fantasies about New York, right? Like those like little happenstance possibilities, those stories that you hear about people meeting in New York and 
this crazy bustling city. And I don't know, I think it's always a little bit of a fantasy to be able to uh, fall in love with a stranger or have that kind of connection really quickly and, and kind of lust after somebody that you're not supposed to necessarily or that you didn't expect to maybe, you know? Now, I'm going to ask a question that I feel like you've probably heard a million times, and it's probably the most annoying question about being a Lyft driver in your particular case. Do you know what it is? Okay. No, tell me. What's the question going to be? Are you all making your guesses? What a bad cliffhanger. What's the question going to be? Anyway, we'll see in just a few moments when we get back from this break. Break over. Call commences. Let's go. I'm going to ask a question that I feel like you've probably heard a million times, and it's probably the most annoying question about being a Lyft driver in your particular case. Do you know what it is? Okay. No, tell me. As a female in society, do you always feel comfortable and safe picking up random people, especially random men? I personally do, but I'm kind of a brave person in general. I've definitely had some shady characters in my car, uh, people that I'm like pretty sure had like drugs on them and things of the nature. But um, I do my best to pick hours that are going to be comfortable for me, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't work mm -hmm. late hours. I usually stop working at around 10, maybe 11 at the latest. Um, and I, I actually live in a really touristy city, so I tend to focus on the touristy areas, which keeps me safe as well dealing with a lot of families and couples. Um, but I've never had a bad situation. Not not yet, you know, knock on wood, right? So to That's me, it's, good. it's actually been a really fun job. I actually really enjoy it. Because I, I, I feel like you got the fear there of like you're going to pick up some drunk and it's going to bring out the worst in yeah. a person and then you're going to have to drop them off and there's going to be some kind of, there's going to be tension. That's the nightmare, but... I feel bad because I feel... Absolutely, and so I do, I do everything I can to avoid that scenario. I do not go downtown in my city. I don't go out, like I said, past a certain hour. I avoid people that are drinking as much as possible just to try to be safe. But, you know, I'll be honest with you. Like, being a woman doing lifts, to me, the, the risk is pretty much the same as being a woman working anywhere. So Yeah. I, 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 I personally don't feel like there's an added risk. I think there's a perception that there might be because it's like a personal space, but I'll be honest, I've had worse situations working in very public places with plenty of employees. So. Wow. See, because I, I almost wonder if it's sexist of me to even ask to assume that a woman can't protect themselves or can't strategize in a way that yeah, sets those yeah. parameters. It's, it's, it's a little bit of a a presumptuous thing, but, uh, I understand why you do. It's not something that I didn't think about as well. Right. I, I definitely had to consider that when I made the decision to take on the job. Um, I know my parents were really worried, right? My mom was like, do Uber eats instead, just bring people food. <laughs> and I'm like, mom, I'm not doing that. You know, I'm like, I'm a people person. I want to, I want to do this. This is it. So, um, so, you know, I, I definitely understand why you would ask that question. It's definitely, I think, a pretty natural thought to have. Um, but definitely as a woman, I think the reality is, like, we're pretty much at risk all the time anywhere. And it's just something you learn to live with. That sucks. That sucks. Yeah, it does. It does. It's not always fun. That's the kind of stuff that I had that conversation with that one writer about, you know, and it's just interesting. It's very interesting that that's the thing that we deal with. But, you know, everybody's got their stuff, right? So I'm definitely big into, like, the isms and understanding intersectionality and all those things. But I also try to be conscious that every single individual has their battle and has advantages and disadvantages. And people are going to make their assumptions and judgments on you for a whole array of different reasons. And it's never easy. It's never easy. That's what this show has taught me. I feel like you get to meet people yeah. one by one in the same way I do, uh, only through a different medium. Mine, the phones, yours, the open road. Yes. Well, and I think you're lucky that it's the phone because I almost think that people are even more willing to be vulnerable when they don't have to look you in the face, you know? <laughs> well, I've, I've had but, uh, some vulnerable conversations with some Lyft drivers. 
I really have. But I, yeah, also, I mean, I'm yeah, like a, I'm a notoriously emo open book, but I feel like I've definitely had some nights where I've been a little down or a little where I'm going, you know, because especially sometimes people, sometimes Lyft drivers will ask you what you do as an icebreaker. And when I go, I'm a comedian. And then we get into all the career stuff and, and my career's gone well. And I don't, everybody likes, everybody has this fantasy that being a comedian is such a hard life. No, it's not. There's, you know, there's, there's <laughs> people, there's people working in, in like dangerous factory conditions where their unions are being right. suppressed. Like there's, you know, coal miners who in the seventies were getting shot at because they tried to strike for healthcare. Like that's, being comedians easy, but People try to, you know, start to, you had a bad night, you've had some bad shows, the money's not coming in. I start to open up to a Lyft driver because I know that I get to walk away. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely, it's got an element of anonymity just like your show does, for sure. And now what's your nightmare? Is it someone who seems like they might throw up in the car? Is it someone who starts crying? <laughs> Probably. Is it people who start hooking up in the back? What do we? What are the things that that really get uh, like get your red flags up? So one thing that has happened to me that makes me incredibly anxious: there are people who want to bring children into the car without car seats. No, um, and that's a really awkward situation. No, yeah, no, 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 no. that's really, really bad, right? Because, like, that's my nightmare, right? Is that there's a kid in my car, we have some horrible accident, this child dies, and now I'm going to prison for manslaughter, right? Like, that's my nightmare, which I guess is weirder than maybe other people's lift nightmares. But that's something that I've, like, imagined in my mind that I would just be horrified. I mean, I would be devastated if something like that happened. So that's one situation that is usually, like, the most uncomfortable for me is having to consider, like, what do I say and how do we handle this? Um, Because there are people that are just, like, they don't get it. They do not get it. And now if you tell a person, I'm sorry, I can't take this ride, and then you cancel it, can they give you one star and then you have to deal with the repercussions of that? Honestly, I don't know if they can. It's never happened, though. I've got five stars. I'm I'm telling you, I'm a great driver. Five Five stars. Five stars, hundreds of rides. 100% 100% acceptance. I've never declined a ride before. I always get to people. Even if they so, got the baby? Been, no, even if they got the baby, I don't do it. That, that, like, so once it was like an infant, I did, I did have to like cancel that one. But um, your acceptance rate actually recycles after every 100 rides. So I'm back in the, I'm back in the, shine, in the, in the you know, winning zone. Doing the right thing. I was shocked when I had my kid, all these, because I, I mean, I grew up in the 80s when like, the car seat, you know, nobody cared. Optional. But, you know, like my <laughs> yeah. my wife has a funny story that her dad taught her how to wear the seat belt without the shoulder strap so it would be less annoying when she was a child. Oh like gosh. that's yeah. how we did it back like, then. Pointless. That's how we did it back then. But now yeah. I have the base to my car seat. You gotta check everything, you gotta register everything. I went to I had to yeah. drive out to Long I didn't have to, but I drove out to Long Island. Because I found a fire department that will check if you've installed all the components of the car seat correctly, making sure everything's as level as it should be. Very important. It is. It is. I don't think people realize how dangerous it is to actually be in a car. Um, people lose their lives in that situation all the time. So that's why I'm here. I'm supervising my ex to make sure he doesn't kill himself in my car. Very nice. And so you get to <laughs> so you get to rub elbows with this magical human being that you feel this deep connection to. Yeah, I just like rubbed his shoulder while I said that too. It's funny. He's you two are like getting back together. <laughs> you two are gonna get back together. Come on, the guy, the rideshare guy, he'll know. be the best man as you marry the guy next to you. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I don't know. I met this guy when he was like seventeen years old. I'm 32 years old now, so it's been quite a while. And, yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. I think if we were going to be together, we would have by now, right? Like, <laughs> so he starts laughing. Like, I don't know. What if it's by a the end... story to tell. We got 35 minutes left. What if by the end of this call, you guys have, like, a romantic kiss because you've realized through the guidance of this call that I mean, when things are meant to be, they're meant to be. I think be. we could have... 
no, I think we could have a romantic kiss and we'd still walk away. <laughs> wow. It's a lot of baggage. We've been, we've been together a long time. We've been through a lot of things. There was times when I, I didn't really choose him, when he didn't really choose me. I mean, it's, it's complicated. So and those, those are hard but to forget to me, moments. He's, he's family. Yeah. He's family forever, you know, and, and my daughter, my daughter's like him, right? I mean, she basically grew up, so she was like six years old with him. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't imagine that he'll never not be a part of my life, but I also try not to think about whether or not we're going to be together because it just stresses me out. <laughs> I love it. I love that you're willing to let your guard down both to me and with him present. It's really incredible. What's the furthest yeah. trip you've ever taken? Because I once took a ride share from New York City to Washington, D.C. So I'm in Florida and I drove to Gainesville, um, which from where I was was about two hours. <laughs> Probably the longest trip I've ever taken. Great town, by the way. Gainesville, great town. College town. Yeah, really neat. College town and every Halloween weekend they have fest there. That's the big punk fest in the country. And uh, man, is it That's your thing. Totally your thing. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a good time. It's all sorts of music venues real close together. They have a comedy stage. Uh, but I've been there even when it's not during fest. And it's just a, it's just like a nice town full of laid back artsy people. Exactly, exactly. I think Florida has a bad reputation for housing all the crazies, but we've got a lot of creatives here too. It's it's a great place. Well, I've heard <laughs> I've heard that the whole Florida man um thing, which you know, if you're not familiar, there's this idea on the internet of there's so many news articles that start with the words Florida man and then are followed up with something completely insane. But I've heard right. that a part of that is actually because Florida has uh, very open laws about their press being able to distribute freely, mm. which I think is actually a good quality. So some, and some of that is actually that stuff's happening everywhere, but there's limitations exactly. on, on the freedom of the press. about it as often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, a good theory. I like it. That being said, I've also, I'm a huge fan of, of Gatorland in Orlando. Oh my gosh. <laughs> which <Yes>. is <laughs> one of the most insane environments I've ever seen. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you, like, that's where I live. I live in Orlando. Uh-huh. It's a pretty big city. I'm not too worried about, you know, getting found out here. But uh, yeah, I used to take field trips to Gatorland at school, you know, all the time. <laughs> yep. Now, I probably I remember sh- once. Oh, go for it. You remember once. No, I need to hear this story. Oh, no, I was just going to tell you a little stupid story about gators. I remember, you know, gators are, like, they sit still, like, most of the time, right? But they also move really fast. So we're standing in, like, this tower that's in the middle of, like, the gator lake in Gatorland. And um, I'm up, like, three stories high. And there's, like, a pine cone on the floor. And I just decide I'm just going to kick it into the water. Let's see what happens. And, oh, my God, it was the scariest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Those gators moved so fast. And there's so many of them because it's Gatorland. And there's just so many. And, yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. Forget a shark attack, man. Gators are really weird. <laughs> they are really weird. Now, here's my recent Gatorland story. This is about a month ago. And uh, I shouldn't reveal this, but so I've been telling a joke about Gatorland on stage for for years. And anybody who's listening, if you see me do stand up on the road, I think it's my best joke. It's the one that people generally like the most. I have this long story in three parts. It's kind of become a sprawling epic all about Gatorland. And I'm filming a new special and I'm self-funding it, trying to do it in a cool DIY way. I don't know if it's going to come out well but we filmed a whole tour in a bunch of different cities. So we have this footage of me telling this Gatorland story all over the country. And uh, yeah. I, I contacted Gatorland because they had heard about it over the years. They had heard I was doing this joke and they reached out and they were very nice about it. I was scared that they were going to be offended. And I asked them if I could come film the joke at Gatorland. And not only did they, oh, wow. not only did they say yes, they let me hang out there all day. They let me feed. Nice. They let me feed the gators. You know where they do that show where they like hang the chickens yeah. over. They let me put on yep. a put on a glove. No training, no background in animal handling, and I I was dangling. And they said that the gator jumped 
They've never seen the gator jump higher for someone not trained. There were workers there who said they've never gotten gators to jump that far out of the water. I saw footage of it. Wow. And then this is the total spoiler. So if you're a listener and you don't want to hear a spoiler, the end of my special, they actually have this uh, like small, almost like beach on their lake. And they built a backdrop that looked like a stand-up club. And they let me do my act for an audience that consisted of no humans and 30 giant alligators, 12 to 15 feet long. <laughs> and I was doing stand-up. Yeah, Terrifying. They were when I say that there was there was no barrier between me and them. The the, yep, the yep, I believe it. The guy from Gatorland took a stick and drew a line in the dirt and he goes, Look, if any gator gets over that line, I'll jump in and you get out of here. That was our level of safety. That was our safety discussion. Wow. Just you run and I'll take yeah. on the gators. And uh halfway through the set, a bunch of vultures started landing and trying to take the gators meat, and then the gators got mad. And I'm sitting here trying to do crowd work to gators, and it's wild. And I don't know. I mean, I can't. I couldn't afford to do. I wish I had the money to do it on a super pro level. So it's very gritty. I don't know if anybody's gonna buy it. But if not, I'm just gonna self distribute it and pray that I can make back a portion of what I put into it. But Gatorland rules. Orlando in general. What a weird place because it's a very modern city, and Disney World obviously is so many innovations and. And whatnot, but also it hangs on to a lot of its old school, rough around the edges weirdness as well. Oh, for sure. Gatorland yeah, has there's that. Some, there's some parts of the city that just like seem to never grow. There was, there used to be that thing, Xanadu, House of the Future, that it's gone now, but it yeah. was, it was yeah, not. I remember that. <laughs> it was, by the time it closed, it was far from the House of the Future. Like they. It was a phone. It was weird. And what else? They have don't they have the Tupperware Museum near Orlando? Yeah, yeah, they got the Tupperware place here. Yep. And then one of my favorite places in the world. It's a. It's not in Orlando. To be fair, it's like an hour drive. You ever been to the Wiki Wachi Mermaid Park? Oh, of course. Wiki is amazing. So I love kayaking. So I actually really enjoy going to the springs. Now you got to explain to people. For their mermaids. You got to yeah. explain to people these mermaids you mentioned. You explain it because I've been talking too much. I mean, what is there to explain? There is, there's women and they are, they are mermaids and uh, they put on a show for you underwater I mean, and they, they, they live under the water basically for you. They, they yes. breathe through like these tubes. Yes. That's the most <laughs> important funny. thing to mention. They put on this show, but it's not a show where you're watching people swim and come up for air. So they have dug. No, they're under the water. Yes. They have somehow dug about 30 feet deep next to a natural spring and placed a large piece of glass that retains the water. And they have these yep. hoses that go very deep in the yep. water. So the, the ladies down there, the mermaids, they never go up to the surface to breathe. They swim up to never. these hoses. Correct. They suck <laughs> oxygen out of hoses. And they stay under the water for like an hour at a time. Forever. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. wild. It's really impressive. It is. And, you know, I have so many questions about it because, like, I can't see underwater. So I don't even understand, like, how do they know where to go to the hose, right? Because yeah. the hoses are essentially transparent, right? To make the, the to make it more realistic, right? For the tourists and the kids and everything. So I'm like, how how does this work? I don't understand at all how these women do what they do and keep their eyes open and, and look for hoses that you can't see underwater. It's it's really weird. <laughs> it's I love it. We I went with my wife. It meant a lot to her because she was a she was a professional mermaid in New York for a little while. It's a whole other ball of wax, but my my wife is, I think you guys have picked up on it listening. My wife is the coolest person in the history of the world. She was a mermaid for a she while. She is. So for her, she went yeah, there and it was like Shangri-La. I like that we just had that little tangent because Florida gets a bad rap. It's a weird place and it has its rough edges and that's not a lie. But it also has, I mean, it has the Coral Castle down near Miami. It has just like a lot of cool, odd stuff. The Robert is here it fruit does. stand next to the Everglades. There's just like a lot of like really grassroots, non-corporate stuff. That's what it is. It's got the most corporate yeah. stuff because of all the theme parks and the branding. And exactly. then almost in response to that, it feels like it really hangs on to its- to balance it out. Yes. It, the absolute opposite of corporate. Like real live free or die, don't tread on me style stuff as well. 
that's cool. And it's, it is. And it's I, warm. That's my favorite part about living in Florida. I like the nature stuff, definitely. Yeah. I don't go to Disney very often at all. It's funny because I'm doing Lyft and people are like, yeah, what do you suggest? And I'm like, I have no idea, man. You Good, good luck, you know? I don't yeah. go in that place. But I definitely love the nature aspects of, of being in Florida and seeing all of the beaches and all of the springs and the Everglades and just all of that good stuff, definitely. Now I get how you're making money as a Lyft driver, though, because I would have to imagine, like you said, we got to get you from Universal back to the hotel. And then there's somebody always at that hotel looking to go to Epcot. And then you're picking somebody. Are you allowed to pick up people at the parks? Do they have like areas? Of course. So, yeah, they have, uh, they have queues, right? So you can sit in a zone and wait for a ride. The parks are so busy that you don't have to. I usually just drive nearby and I'm already getting rides to the parks, to the hotels at the park. Um, I take people to the park and pick them up from the park at night. That's usually what I do. I work in the morning for a couple hours and then I go out at night again. You plan it. Those are the busiest times. Got it. You plan it around the family transport times. Smart. Right. So like Lyft, Lyft is a really great uh, app and they give you tons of data. Um, And so that's definitely one of the things that I was really excited about. I was like, man, I can analyze my own data and, and make this job as efficient as possible. So uh, I'm a lot smarter than I should be to be driving Lyft, which is, I'm sure true for many Lyft drivers. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's been to my advantage. I don't work too hard, and I make enough money to pay the bills. It's been it's been pretty good. And then you try to get out there and see more nature, get to do some of the stuff you love because yeah, exactly. you got that freedom. What are you doing for insurance though? Exactly. Lyft doesn't give drivers insurance or anything, right? No. So right now I'm really lucky. Um, I make enough money to pay the bills, but I still don't make a ton of money. And I'm, so I qualify for Medicaid because I'm a mom. So I have uh-huh. state insurance, me and my daughter, um, which is not going to be lasting much longer. She'll be 18 in December. So then we're kind of going to have to switch and figure out what's going to happen then. But up until now, I honestly, I do count on state benefits to kind of supplement this entrepreneurship lifestyle. Um, But I'm not someone who needs a lot to be happy. Again, I'm leaning into that whole hippie kind of lifestyle. So for me, it's a good trade-off. I think I'd rather do this and figure out my own medical stuff than have to work at like a corporate office from nine to five all week um, and, and deal with that whole lifestyle of not being able to do the things that I love and just have like sanity and peace of mind. This is way better. This is way better. I even think I'm healthier doing this, right? Like, I think I need my health insurance less because I can take better care of myself because I work these kinds of hours and do these kinds of things. I am with you. I'll tell you, because I think very hard about the world, and I'm really becoming convinced that, you know, for decades it's been, been... the dream is like get famous, get big in your field, and especially with social mm, media, who yes. can get the most followers. And I, f- I feel like moving forward, there's going to be a real movement of people who go, actually, I think the goal, and I feel myself craving this more and more, so maybe I'm just projecting, but maybe the goal is actually find a way to simplify your life. Yeah. Find a way to live yes, yes, yes. a happy and small life. That's not about how many eyes can I get on me, how much of my privacy can I give away, but rather about how can I yeah. carve out a space that feels intimate and safe and relaxed where I have some breathing room to define it for myself. I feel like that's that's going to be – I even feel like as an entertainer, I feel like there's going to be less national touring acts and comedy and more like I'm trying to become the king of New Jersey because that's – that's my home. Exactly. Like, can I, that be great? Can, yes. I, can I just focus it on Jersey and then the East Coast? Like, and the East Coast cities already have shown me love. Can I just, can I make my, my whole world focused on just a small region? I feel like that's, I don't know. Now, did you say your daughter's almost so 18? Much more satisfying. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, go ahead. Sorry, we're like switching here. <laughs> no, I know, I know. But you were finishing the thought and I tried to flip it too soon. But I'm, I, I feel like... Yeah. For a punk guy, we're not supposed to like hippies, but I feel like that is the hippie side of things I like. That zen, make it small. Yeah. I'm into it. I dig it. I'm glad you're into it. I definitely recommend it. I was forced into this life, but it's been the greatest gift that's ever happened to me, definitely. Forced? Yeah, because I also had all those ambitions. So I had my daughter. We can talk about that, right? So she's going to be 18. I'm only 32. I had her when I was 15 years old. 
And um, I, you know, I got, I'm Puerto Rican. It was very stereotypical. Everybody kind of lowered their expectations of me. No, I'm just going to pop out babies and that's my life. But I've always been incredibly smart. I'm, a, I'm an avid reader and I'm very intellectual and, and I've just, I've, I've been kind of geeky my whole life. So I had this baby and I was like, well, I'm still going to school. I graduated high school with honors, went on to get my bachelor's degree in psychology. And um, I had a lot of goals, right? I thought, you know, I've made it this far. I've overcome things that other people pretty much give up on. And, um, and you know, why wouldn't I make it, right? I'm, I'm a success already just by having overcome certain things is, is the way I'm thinking about it. Um, and so I, I graduate from college in like, what, 2011-ish? And uh, my daughter is already, you know, starting school. And um, so instead of kind of continuing my education, getting my degree to become a therapist, I go off into the working world and try to make the best of, of what I can. And again, I'm thinking I'm super smart. Everybody loves me. This is going to be great. Um, and it just wasn't that. I, I haven't been able to keep a job for probably, I think the longest job I've kept was maybe two years. Um, it's just been changing industries, changing different things. Um, I'm also the type of person that has prioritized happiness for the most part. So I've also quit a lot of jobs just because I wasn't happy. So it's, you know, it's a little bit of both of being rejected, but also of knowing that it's not the right thing for me and having to try something else and start over. And, um, so that's why I say I was forced into this because I really did have a lot of, um, ambition and I even learned how to code a couple of years ago. I thought, okay, I'll try web development, right? I'm, I'm, I'm super smart. I can do anything. And it's just not that easy. Um, it's so much about likability and networking and, and being someone that people, um, kind of see themselves in. And I don't think I'm that for a lot of people. I think I'm kind of too unique and I don't really reflect other people's, um, I don't know, perceptions of themselves and, even when people like me in a professional setting, it, it doesn't seem like it's ever really like the perfect fit for them. There's someone else that they like more. So I've been on so many interviews and gotten so close to dream jobs. And then I'm just like, I'm packing and out the door. So that's how I ended up thinking about things differently though. Right. And kind of thinking, okay, well, I've got to lower my expenses. I can't even keep a job. And what do I do? And how do I manage this new life? And um, you know, my, my car was totaled. That's actually how I became a Lyft driver too. I had to get a new car and I'm like, all right, well, I'll use it to, to try Lyft. And I don't know. So things kind of pushed me in this direction. But again, for me, it's been a blessing. It's been the greatest thing ever. I, I think I'm happier and more at peace than I've ever been in my entire life. That's what makes me love doing this show. When you remember that regular, everyday people have these philosophies and feelings that wake you up, I feel like I just drank a cup of coffee here and that. We'll be right back. I hope you enjoyed that chance to uh, decompress. And now let's get back to the call. Again, for me, it's been a blessing. It's been the greatest thing ever. I, I think I'm happier and more at peace than I've ever been in my entire life. That's a great way to wrap it up, to hear those, not, not wrap up the call, but that thought. You're yeah, yeah. Chasing, looking at ambition. And then, you know, but and, and there's a part of me, and I'm sure a part of listeners going, well, is that rationalizing to say you've landed in this place? and, and But you say you were forced into it, but it, it does make you happy. And I, I think there's truth to the idea— it's, the idea that I feel like as I've traveled more, I never traveled in for internationally when I was young. And uh, now I've been able to both via work and because my wife really enjoys it. And I find that in a lot of other countries, they are very confused and, and sort of almost amused that Americans are so work obsessed. I mean... Yeah. There's countries that Absolutely. there's countries that have in the middle of the day, every day, you go home and eat lunch at home and a take nap. a take yeah, a nap. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's yep. A, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I wish that's that we had that. Do. That's what I'm saying. My job is that way now. I can literally come home at like ten in the morning and make myself a meal and take a quick nap before I get up and, and you know, greet my daughter coming home from school and do mom stuff, you know, and, and I can take that time 
for me to do whatever it is that I need to do. And if that's a nap, like, all right, let's do it. You know, no permission needed. It's, it is wonderful. And I think it's more natural. I think people need naps. (laughs) It would make everybody so much nicer. So um, it's, it's been, it's been really great. I really can't complain. I, uh, I almost worry about like what will happen if, if I do become more ambitious again. Right. Cause like I said, I'm into this hippie stuff. And so I'm feeling like I'm attracting all these wonderful things in my life all of a sudden. And now I'm like, wait, maybe this is it. Maybe surrendering was all I needed to do to finally like make it big, right? Like maybe now I'm going to get into the stuff that I really wanted to get into all this time ago. And, and now I have a different choice, you know, is that what I really want? That's the new question is, do I still want those things? Are those still my same goals? Have my values changed, right? No wonder you're the best Lyft driver in the world. This conversation is getting me amped up. Cause we, so I want to change the subject a little bit. Yes. Can I tell you something? I want to confess before we run out of time. Uh-huh. So I have a confession to make. I have actually called in and spoken to you before huh? on an episode that never aired. Yes. Are you the caller from the Woodstock live show? Yes. I think that was the one. So I was in Miami with the girls weekend. Remember yes. that? Yes. That was one, Jared, you were there for that. I feel like the sound, was it the soundboard at that venue wasn't great and the audio came out bad, right? That's what I thought. I was hoping that was the reason because I also remember that like I was kind of, you know, being silly and, and kind of like making bad jokes. And I thought, oh my gosh, did I offend Chris? Like, is he, no. you know, like, was this not a good episode? No, I think. <laughs> I the- a little bit worried that I said the wrong thing. But then I also thought, you know what? It was a live call. It's so possible that the audio just wasn't up to par. Yes. We were in the car for that call as well. I should have pieced it together when you talked about, because we talked so much about your daughter, but that call was so different. I would say anyone at the Woodstock show right now, their jaw is dropping because you are coming (laughs) off shockingly different than you did during that call. Jared, true or false? Because it was, the I want to say the colony, the venue you're at in Woodside is amazing. And the sound there was great. But, you know, any live show got the soundboard. And then you're, yeah. you're, you were also in a car for most of the call. So your your connection yeah, was coming was in and really out. Weird. So mm-hmm. you were, I remember. You called in and you were in the middle of a, a weekend where you were partying hard with... <laughs> with yes. It was so different. Strangers who, and it was organized by an Instagram influencer. And I, exactly. And the whole time I felt like yeah. there was something unspoken and strange about it that you weren't copping to. But then you did talk so much about your relationship with your daughter and, and, uh, how close you got to feel because of your, your ages being so similar. This is exactly. amazing that we're yeah, coaching yeah. up to you again. What was going on? So you- I, I've been wanting this so much. I'm like, I want to talk to Chris again so bad because I, I don't know. I think that's part of the magic of this show, too, is I do appreciate every conversation that you have with uh, every individual. But I also imagine in my mind, like, all of the other things that these people are that you talk to, you know, like there's so many different ways to live a life and there's so many different parts of ourselves and roles that we play and things that we do. And I thought, man, if I could talk to him again and just kind of like speak to that part of things and kind of show that like, you know, we are so different. This is blowing my mind. Yeah, yeah, I know. I really wanted to mention I'm like, I hope we're not running out of time. I want to tell him. <laughs> yeah, everyone who is at that live call, because it's pretty packed out in there. They're flipping out right now because it was. It, uh, your, the call was dropping in and out a little bit, and, and we were scrambling. And wow, wow, this one. Ma- Jared, maybe we should like <laughs> – we should think about releasing that one as like a bonus and just say the quality's bad, but you got to hear this other one too now because it's a whole other area of your life about you being sort of like a daredevil, willing exactly. to take some chances, yeah. go party. Remember that even though you have a daughter who who's at the end of high school, that you are still young and deserve to still embrace exactly the idea that you get to take chances and make mistakes. That was, this is wild. <laughs> I'm so happy we talked again today. I really am. This was like my dream come true. Again, I think I'm really attracting all the right things in my life. I'm super happy. I super super happy. Love it. And even on even when the calls came in, I'm going to tell you, we had a bunch of calls sitting in the queue, and Jared and Nina just said, you know, we have a bunch that all sound pretty good. Let's just randomly click one of these. It wasn't even like we scouted you hard. Yes. 
Oh, I love it. This is making me believe in your hippy dippy nonsense. This is making me believe in your hippy dippy nonsense. This was meant to be. You and me both, man. I'm telling you, I've experienced so many coincidences in the last like week of my life. It's unreal. I love it. I love it. Cause you are it's so great though. Cause let me tell you, I, I think we spoke, like I've been through some tough stuff too, right? Like yeah. my family in Puerto Rico and the hurricane, and my aunt passed away. And like, I've got a grandfather here with dementia and like, that's a whole nother story. And you know, I've been through stuff. So it's so nice that this moment is happening that I'm just having these, these, I don't know, these magical moments of just like blessings upon blessings upon blessings. I'm absolutely in awe of life. And I'm remembering that, you know, you can be surprised by terrible things sometimes. And life is really hard, but you just never know when you're going to be surprised by something totally wonderful. Like this is, this is like real life Disney magic. (laughs) Yeah. And you don't even go to Disney. I don't, I don't need it. I, I manifested in my real life. It's beautiful. I was just down there visiting my parents, and I went to that galaxy's edge, and it was like my nerdy dream come true. My, he, oh, oh, yeah, I do really want to see that. Absolutely. It looks amazing. But, I mean, I heard that people are getting at the park at like 6 in the morning to make sure they can get in, so it's, it's pretty intense. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you something. Jared, we may need to cut this if it's too revealing. So my parents, I've mentioned on the show, my parents spend a lot of the year um, near Orlando. And they, yeah, yeah, in Florida, definitely. Mm-hmm. So they moved to a community, and they said they told me, "Look, it's about a half hour further from Disney World than our other place." And when I visited them, I realized that this community, these retirement communities in Florida, part of why it was so much longer is it could it's it's so large it takes twelve minutes to get to the exit of the community from their house. That's how long you're driving. Yeah. Yeah. Now, my guess, yeah. my question for you, for you, do you do you have a feeling about which community they live in? Oh, man. No, I really don't. Because it could be, <laughs> it could, there's so many. And I, I drive in different places all of the time. Yeah. All of the time. So that, honestly, it's not the only community that's like that. It's so common. There's a and whole even bunch. in places that are not near Disney. Like, it'll just be like a regular part of Orlando, and you go into this neighborhood, and you're in there for like 20 minutes. You're like, what is happening? Does this ever end? I couldn't believe wild. it. I was like, what yeah, is yeah. this place? This is a, Everybody's driving around in <laughs> golf carts. There's a million activities. Yes, There's yes, pools, mm. pools every 10 feet. Like, what is going on living, exactly. the, living in this elderly fantasy land? Yep, yep. There's a lot of them. There is quite a few. I actually really like some of them too. I've dropped some people off, and I'm like, oh, I can come live here when I'm old. It is. I was like, sign me up. It is warm, and you are taken care of here. Yes, exactly. You've got everything you need. Everybody's pleasant. It's oh, pretty. It's pretty dope. I like it. It is awesome. Now, I forget if we talked about this on our prior call. Can I ask you? And I. I don't want to. I've I've warned listeners that obviously 2020 politics are going to come up just very quickly. Being Puerto Rico and living in Orlando, I've heard and read a lot that the Puerto Rican community is showing up more and more in Orlando. I think is it called the I five corridor? Um, I forget. Mm, I, I don't think, know. But and and it's become a big voting block. And I would have to imagine the Puerto Rican community has to be pretty pissed off about how everything got handled with the hurricane. Oh, for sure. It was horrible. It was horrible. And then, like, you know, the, the I think the staple image that people have is uh, Donald Trump throwing paper towels <laughs> into the crowd. Like, what the heck was that? Oh, my God. Um, like, you insulting. won the lottery. Like, Super insulting. Like, since but, you, you know, can dry your fair. hands, you won the lottery. Right. <sighs> Terrible. Absolutely insulting. People were completely displaced from their homes. I mean, it was com- it was horrible. People yeah. died. I mean, it was it was really bad. Here's a roll of um, paper towels. <sighs> yeah, no. And I have like a friend who her father-in-law uh, couldn't get his insulin. There was no power and the, the insulin wasn't there and he ended up passing away. I mean, it was not, it was a serious thing. I don't think people realize what it's like to be stuck on an island. Uh, with with no help, with no nobody's coming, nobody's coming. So 
pretty bad. It, it was definitely quite a nightmare for quite a lot of people, and they're still recovering. So, and, a, uh, and my heart is there, right? I've got a trip planned in June. I go there as much as possible. It's a beautiful place, and I wish more people appreciated it because I, I absolutely love my culture and my family and where we're from. So, beautiful so place, beautiful people, beautiful beaches. Yeah. My dad lived there for a while on business, and my my mom would go back and forth. And I'll tell you, such a laid back place. Talk about live free or die. You get to really just kind of do your own thing. Mm -hmm. And I'll say this. I was still eating meat back when I visited Puerto Rico. Best chicken (laughs) I've ever had. I believe it. Really delicious food. Yeah. We went to this roadside chicken place. Yeah, that's how it is, definitely. You know, you, people think food trucks are great in America. Like, just go to a little side of the road in Puerto Rico, Ooh, anywhere, pick one, and it's it going to be good. magic in your mouth. Magic in your mouth, baby. Yes. <laughs> magic in your mouth. That should be the tagline. Absolutely. Like Puerto Rico, magic in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Puerto Rico, magic in your mouth. That'll get people to pay attention. Oh, now, I hope so. <laughs> living this philosophical track in your life lately, and I know yeah. you now two hours, so I know you're also willing to take a chance and party. You're making oh, yeah. things smaller. You're being a mom. You're remembering that money isn't everything. I think a thing that we all need yeah. to realize in this country that because that we were talking about that before, and my father is an, a great man. And a great dad, and but he worked so so hard, and I worked so so hard too, um, and I take after him on that. But I've kind of realized, I think I think he because he and I have talked about. It, I think maybe he at some point. What happens when we all become so work obsessed is you forget that you work hard for reasons, and those reasons exactly. are to buy yourself time to do the things you love to spend more time with your family, to get your family Mm -hmm. in situations that are more comfortable than the situations you grew up with. So I'm trying to take all the hard work and ethics and values my dad taught me relating to work and go, and I also need to remember to pump the brakes and remember, exactly, I do this so that I have the breathing room to enjoy because not everybody does get that breathing room and to have it and not utilize it is a sin Mm -hmm. yeah no way yeah yeah no way i think people there's a lot of people taking taking their opportunities for granted and um just overworking themselves and and i definitely think having a strong work ethic is important but it's not everything it really isn't i've definitely learned it's a lot more overrated than i thought it would be it doesn't define me, which is such a weird thing to say because I worked so hard to work so hard. I thought this was going to be my whole life. And uh, now I'm like, nah, I'm good. I don't even care if you think I'm lazy, right? Like people are like, you are just a Lyft driver and you live on Medicaid. I'm like, yep, that, <laughs> no problem. It, it's exactly what, the amount of times Jared has had to hear me say, I'm moving out to the woods. I'm building a studio in my house. <laughs> So that we can just connect via that. Because I love Jared. And I'll come in from time to time so that we can catch up in person. But I want to go live a smaller, quieter life. I tried the thing where you'd go and try to become a celebrity. And it had a lot of benefits. I think you got really close, man. That's what I'm saying. You you got in there. I know you think you didn't make it as big as uh, others. But I think you are very lucky to have come that close, man. And and. I think you were living on the other side of things. I uh, I was. It's a blessing, though, because now you know. You know, and you have a choice to make. And that's, it's a hard decision, right? I think about that all the time, too. There's a lot of responsibility that comes with having freedom and being able to be free. Um, but it's it's great. Take it, you know, be accountable and, and decide what kind of life you want to have. Yes. And I'm not judging. If you want to work hard and be that person, you know, whatever. Do what you want. I definitely am someone who believes that you got to live and let live. I'm not here to tell you what part of your journey you need to be on or which direction you need to go because I've been there too, you know? So I'm here to support people in either direction for sure. Um, But I think you're lucky. You're lucky that, like me, I think you've kind of had a taste of both worlds and uh, and you get to decide now. You get to decide for you and your family and your your little baby. Boom. You're a fountain of wisdom. Well, because another thing we touched upon in that that prior call— I remember 
you had your kid when you're 15. That brings so much adversity, uphill battle, judgment with it. But now you're 32, your kid's moving out. And we talked about it. You now get a whole yeah, other life. Yeah, a lot of benefits. Whereas I mm-hmm. had my kid, I was 38. And I feel like I don't get that end of life that some people get. But financially, I'm on the other side of some stuff. Yeah. Before no, he's born. That's the thing. You have that benefit where I have had to figure all of this out with my daughter watching me. You are now able to make that choice and like give that gift to your son in the early years of his life, you know? Um, and that stability is, is wonderful. It's a beautiful thing. And I always wanted it and I, I really didn't get it, but we still got a lot of good things out of, out of the situation that I was in. So whereas you, and that's why I try not to judge. It's like, you never, you never know. It can work out either way. It can work out. Absolutely. And we got time up, but I'll say too, you know, what's so exciting is you had your kid when you were young and so much stress, but now you've done a good job as a mom she's in a good place yeah, and you're entering <laughs> you're entering this philosophical stretch of your 30s as you know who you are and this is almost when your life gets to begin and that's amazing and this this call yeah. and the things you've had to say got me charged up it was roughly uh, 15 times better than your prior call I would say although we never touched up <laughs> if we never released it we never touched upon the thing where you met a bunch of women and within minutes of meeting them was na- you were naked in a hot tub with them naked, I believe yes. we never will let everybody wonder forever about what that was <laughs> great to talk to you again I feel like I'm going to enter well, the, the rest of my day with my head on straight and I hope someday I'm down visiting my folks and, and uh, call old lift and we get to catch up even more. That would be magical too. Definitely. <laughs> and get me, come on. He's the love of your life. I know he just got back in the car. He was here doing something and he just walked back in and now you mentioned him again. And yeah, he's still, I still love him. <laughs> After those 10 minutes that just went by, he's still the one. <laughs> Wow, that you could hear the adrenaline kick. I mean, I, I, I just got such a good. That's so funny to me that the caller got through again and the connection had been there last time. And who knows? Maybe we will release it as a bonus in the coming weeks, so you guys can hear this episode. That's very frustrating to listen to, but maybe you're interested. Call it. Thanks for checking in. How cool! And love to you and your daughter. We talked so much more about your daughter in the first call, and. Uh, Certainly not. It makes sense that we didn't focus on that as much, but your daughter's story is incredible as well. People hear it someday. Thanks to Jared O'Connell and Rita Flores in the booth. Thanks to Shell Shag for the music. Want to know more about me, including info on beautiful Cononymous, chrisgeth.com. If you like the show, go to Apple Podcasts. Great review, subscribe. It really helps when you do. We'll see you next time. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, how do you deal with a traumatic breakup? Do you climb 50 mountains with a dog? This caller did. About three years ago, she actually started to cheat on me and didn't tell me about it. And almost two years went by, and I found out after two years that she did completely flipped my world upside down. So I ended up in a really just kind of brutal year had a really emotionally rough year and ended up in therapy and it was probably the most helpful catalyst I could have ever imagined to get back on things and ever since January there's just been this whole kind of series of events that have led up to what feels like this phone call with you to be honest. That's next time on Beautiful Anonymous.